just swing it hard every time. No pressure. Yeah. Well, Safs, we're recording, so whenever you're ready, fire away. All right. Well, I'm ready to fire away. Welcome, everyone, to the Sandcast podcast. I'm here with Travis and Try. This is Savvy Simo here for my uh, little special episode of the month, the questions episode. I'm super <laughs> fired up. Um, it's a cold one today, so I'm all bundled up in here, but I'm ready to chat with these guys. How are you guys doing? Let's go. I'm good to go. Great. Ooh. Get on some Q&A action. Love it. Um, the wind chilled out for us today. Got out to go cut to go to the beach. <laughs> that was crazy. Like craziest I've was ever insane. seen. And then today was like perfect. It was cold. Yeah. But it was perfect weather. Yeah. And then we're supposed to get like two years worth of rain in the next three days. <laughs> so, so we'll see. And then after that, it'll just be the other 50 weeks of the year will be perfect. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was literally like 80 degrees a week or two ago, and now it's yeah. freezing. Dude, what's so funny is that so Billy Allen's been in Idaho this whole time, and it's Idaho, so it's not warm. This is the week he chooses to come and train with Andy. For one week. <laughs> he's in here for one week? I, I think he's here for two. So this is the first week of their training block. <laughs> Sounds like a Billy thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I always, I always think like in these situations, cause I always kind of guilt trip myself for like skipping practice, not skipping, but you know, us canceling practice or right. going like two days, two or three days a week when we're supposed to be going four or five. Um, I wonder if there's any other pro athletes that like have to deal with the stuff we have to deal with. Cause I mean, we, there's no indoor beach facilities yeah not, not here us. yeah there used to be sports academy and it was like casey got to pick his one team that got to go up yeah but dude it's crazy like our whole week can get canceled based on weather or you can go out there and be like you know you hear stories of cards cry you're like well i should be out there right yeah. now in the wind and rain and then <laughs> you go do it and you're like wow i i mean i basically didn't play volleyball just now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was like playing another sport and then i spent most of my practice chasing balls because it was getting blown down the beach and then you're digging you're like digging moats <laughs> so the balls yeah, don't right. go too far. and my f f fingers are numb my toes are numb it's like this is crazy yeah only other sport i can think of is golf where weather can be such a, a nuisance but that's about it there's football. a lot of indoor golf uh like technique facilities but yeah you can't yeah. like go practice a course for sure yeah I remember playing soccer when I was younger and uh, driving out to Lancaster and that was just miserable. It was like the closest thing to snow. It was like sideways rain. I was so young too. <laughs> and I was the type of person, like the type of person in volleyball who refused to wear sand socks. That's why I was in soccer oh, yeah. I put on an Under Armour, like the long sleeve. I wouldn't yep. put it, I don't know why. And I would just freeze. But um, I was going to ask you guys what your opinions were for training like the rest of this week because we're trying to figure out our practice schedule here and like what's the smartest thing to do with your body and like not getting too cold but also like you're gonna have to play in the rain at some point so yeah. what do you guys think about this rain coming up in the wind practices where it's it is so miserable sometimes but is there a lot of benefits to going out when it's conditions like this i think i mean it depends it's like to what extent um we definitely play in the wind a lot right so it's smart to have wind practices and yeah. to like consciously talk to your team and be like hey today's wind ball like we're playing a different game let's figure out what works and what doesn't work so that when we run into that match we're confident and we know like the adjustments we're going to make right off the bat i think that's super important um but like yesterday was like <laughs> it would have been Im like impossible yeah. to play um but there's definitely something to it it's like a fine line of like what how windy is too windy and can you get any reps mm -hmm. and then if it's rain and not as much wind then you can you can get some reps it's going to be even colder and, and then it's like yeah is it good for your body right are you more injury prone um but i don't know you just have to make the decision for yourself i guess i um, think it's I think because there's always something you can do to be getting better. So I think you just need to make a choice. What between playing, uh, watching film, lifting and stretching, what are the, the best way I could use 
that two hour block. And like yesterday, you're not going to get better at volleyball if you go out there and that kind of win. Cause like you couldn't throw a football over the net. <laughs> like it was, it was too windy. Yeah. So me and Delaney, we went and we lit, we had like an extra long lift, stretched a lot, rolled out a lot. And then we peppered like in our kind of garage area, which is blocked off from the wind. So that was an easy way for us to still get touches and lift and still get better at volleyball without um, trying to go battle the, the elements in, which would have just been ridiculous and unnecessary. Yeah. We just went out and did a, or we, we had a film session, our team, that was our way of, uh, whatever supplementing practice. Yeah. Having practice. Just find a way to get better. There's always a way. Yeah. Always a way. That's true. So, um, I was talking to Travis, uh, before you hopped on, try about my schedule and what practice has been like. And, um, Colin Wilson, he asked, what is the most anticipated college match of this season? And as a college athlete, I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. You don't have to be biased because I'm here either. So I'm just, I'm just curious as talking to someone who's not in it. I want to know what you guys think about that. Um, well, I'm, I'm so interested to see. I think that this USC team, all due respect, Seth, is probably the most talented college team ever. Yeah. Uh, like probably more talented than the one with Sarah Hughes and Kelly Clay's, which I, that's what, that would be my opinion on it. And I don't know what your thoughts on it, but you got Tina's coming back. Uh, Haley Harward, Julia Skulls just transferred in the Norris twins, like Delaney Maple and Megan Kraft got a fifth in the AVP and they're going to be like court four, <laughs> which is, it's insane. So I think uh, if USC plays yeah. you guys, UCLA, I think that my opinion of the college landscape is there's three teams at the top which is USC, UCLA, and LSU. So anytime you guys were to play one another, and I don't even know if you can travel to LSU or vice versa. Um, and then there's a significant drop-off, I think, to that next tier of like the, well, Florida State belongs in that conversation too, but Florida State, Cal Poly, I guess Hawaii can have a season, I think. Um, but I, anytime that USC, UCLA, and LSU are playing against one another, that's my most anticipated matches. And I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on it, Sav. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a UCLA athlete, I'm like, oh, I'm always super fired up for what's to come with this team. I think, you know, it's hard. We lost two really good seniors, Lily and Maddie, who were both, you know, big contributors. And so it's hard coming back. And we have, you know, some new faces and um, trying to develop the freshmen in such limited time and we have some freshmen that could play too but then you look at a team like you know last year base competition was LSU and you have the majority of those girls all coming back and it's like wow not only am I you know I had a hard enough time playing against Claire Capola and Kristen Nuss now I might be playing against Kristen Nuss and Karen, Karen. which like <laughs> oh like so you know I think Stein's against one of our taller bloggers of press just I think to work on attacking against the taller blocker um and then you have usc and <laughs> our team all the time we're like okay what is usc what's their lineup gonna be because you have tina but you also have julia skulls who played with Haley harward all summer but then you, you you could do a tina and sammy slater together and julia and Haley ones or twos and that's like pff, gnarly and then you have the Norse twins, you have Megan Delaney, you have Haley Hallgren, Joy Dennis. You have all these super good girls. And, and Harper Hallgren too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm probably missing several people because there's there's not a lot. Like, there's so many good girls. They, it was really good recruiting by them. And the fact that Tina was able to come back this year is scary too. And they got Julia. So it's just, it's exciting because – you know, you love good competition, especially against USC. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't, you know, nervous to play them though. It's, you hate, you know, I love good competition, but the worst, you know, I hate losing to USC more than anything. So <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting. And the one biggest factor this season that I think could make or break someone's season is COVID. If so, if someone, one team has a COVID outbreak, they could shut the whole team down. If my apartment gets COVID, me, Jacqueline Quaid, Lindsay Sparks, Leah Monkhouse. If we get COVID, none of us are partners and we're all in the lineup. So that could be four oh. teams in the lineup completely changed Brutal. for any match. And so you just don't, you don't know. 
you you have no idea what's going to happen. So it's going to be a very interesting season where we have a lot of young faces. So we're going to have to, you know, I don't think there's any one spot on my team. That's like a lockdown win. Usually like our fours and fives are like a lockdown win this year. It's like, you don't know. I don't know who I'm going to be playing. I don't know who's going to get COVID. I, I, so there's a lot of uncertainty, which makes it more nerve wracking, but also more exciting. You know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I think that, I mean, exciting just in general, right? Like, the fact yeah. that a handful of you should and could easily be playing professionally right now, or are some some of you, uh, is and but instead you're back playing in NCAA because of the circumstances of this year, or yeah, or, yeah it's I mean that's got to be the most entertaining season of all time potentially, right? At least like the hype leading up to it. But then yeah, you throw yeah. in like the fact that it's going to be a battle of adaptation which is like what our team's kind of talking about is like whoever adapts best is going to win here like that's yeah. the situation here um so much value can be lost and and gained from a little injury or covid or just a little mess up you know not following the rules um so i don't know i think it's just set to be like one of the coolest seasons ever potentially most entertaining and like yeah, high level. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Speaking of your team try, you guys, uh, you and Savvy are sharing a coach now. <laughs> yeah, really. He's How's that? Oh, he's awesome. He actually mentioned you today. We had, um, I was telling Travis this earlier. We um, had some girls struggling with like pulled hamstring or quad. You know, people had a hard time getting warmed up because it was really cold today and we practiced in the shade. He's like, you know what? You know who has the longest warm up ever? try he just he comes out like 45 minutes before practice he practices at 10 he's out there at 9 15 getting warm you guys got to start doing that more it was just funny i'm like hey i know him sorry, <laughs> sorry about that no i mean i think it's good it's funny because jose teases me about that all the time yeah it's good yeah. to know that he's, deep down he actually appreciates awesome. it <laughs> i think he does because we're all out here limping and crying and He's like, yeah. maybe you guys need to warm up a little earlier. Get out there and get started. It's because, you, you know, you kind of want to, when you're on a team, you want to kind of do what the team's doing. But some people need a longer shoulder warm-up. Some people need a longer, you know, yeah. warm, leg warm, like get their legs warm. So it was funny that he brought you up. I thought that was that awesome. But he's been great. We have him, I think, three to four times a week. And I, I watched film with him last night, only for like 20 to 30 minutes on server receive stuff. And He's just so rad. He's so funny. He's like, look at that. Look at your approach. That's not like, that's not, that's not okay. And then the next one is like, I have a good approach. He's like, oh my gosh, look at that. And today, he's just all about positive reinforcement and his little accent. He's just rad. So it, it brings, and he has a lot of experience yeah, with yeah. Jenny and Stein as well. So he gets along with them and, you know, we all responded to him super well. I wish he was there more because he's, yeah he's awesome yeah it's exciting he's super, he's super positive in every yeah. way um but he's also like like it's tough love for sure so so be ready for that part of it it's a good balance though because he'll get on you if you don't do something right but the second you do it right it's like there it is this is what i've wanted from you so it yeah. just makes you feel yeah. good you're working hard towards something and you do it and you totally get that feedback which is yeah, exactly which is what we need yeah. Um, so here's another interesting question, especially, uh, with a lot of us college athletes coming, trying to come into the AVP next year, Josh tag asked if no Olympics happen, will this be the greatest AVP season since its newest revival? Oh, that's interesting, actually. Um, it, I think it, it would have the potential to be so, but I don't think it's necessarily if the Olympics happen or not, I think it'd be more of if the FIVB would be happening on a bigger scale. Cause like, even if the Olympics aren't happening, like try, you're still going to go to Doha and you're still going to go to majors if they're happening. Yeah. But, um, but I would try to take advantage of like, if it's a five star over a lower level AVP. Okay. I got to, first of all, USA volleyball is paying a salary. So, we can't just be skipping out on events just for nothing. Um, but I would definitely prioritize AVP way higher 
if it wasn't for Olympic points. Technically, this is the first year of the, what do you call it? It's not a quad anymore. It's just three years, but um, it's the one year that we're not going to be in Olympic qualification for yeah. Paris. Um, so that would be the time to play more AVPs. And, and I've said it a lot. Like I hate how many AVPs I've missed over my career. I think it just paints a completely different narrative of what it could be. And, uh, and, uh, I think, I think it could be actually, I mean, a, a lot of the players are going to prioritize it. And if AVP can somehow not schedule over like just the biggest ones, we could be there for all of them and then the fans can watch all of them and actually like look at the standings at the end and be like, these are straight up the best teams. And this is exactly what happened when they all went head to head. And I think, yeah, I think it could be. Yeah. I think it would definitely have the potential to be because all the old school guys that we've had on like Hav, Dodd, Karch, everyone pretty much except for Sinjin and Randy said that like the Olympics are the worst thing to ever happen to the AVP because players like you try have to go overseas. You have a pretty much a contractual obligation with USA, but without the Olympics, you can stay home um, right. and we can keep the best talent here. So I, I think that it would definitely have the potential because we could have more tournaments like, what was it? New York um, two years ago. I think it was, a, it was the only small draw I've seen that was fully loaded. Like everyone, I think you and Trevor might've been like the nine seed playing maybe Billy and staff first round. I was like, Jesus, which one <laughs> New York. Oh yeah. And it was crazy. <laughs> Dude, you know what seed we're going to be uh, after winning the last event. Cause you, those points don't carry over, right? <laughs> they don't count. So we're back <laughs> to like seventh seed again. <laughs> that's oh crazy I, I that's what i've been wondering if they're going to make any exceptions for players who performed really well in the champions cup who might be back in the qualifier like uh chrissy jones or a tracy um yeah something like that they're gonna get people like me but i'm not saying i'll complain but i'll be like well then throw me at the one seed right or at least the two seed right points yeah. wise we'd be the two yeah instead of the friggin seven or something yeah it i'm i can't wait for the avp schedule to come out it's uh and the fivb which i've heard fivb said that they should be dropping it february 1st um so hopefully i think it'll be very tentative any schedule that comes out is with an asterisk <laughs> right but at the same time like more than any other year this like really fully paints the picture of like what our year is going to look like usually we kind of know what's going to happen this one, it could be like, you're going to stay in Doha for a month. And like, yeah. you know, there's bubble talk. There's like these Euro, Euro events. There's events that like, no way these are going to happen, but like, they're just rumors. So I don't know. February 1st is, is yeah. going to change a lot. Dude, it's interesting. Cause I signed up for the Doha one star with a Rob. And so we, we got an email and, uh, and it was like, they're doing a, a bubble for the athletes. So you like, can't go out and explore Doha, or whatever. Like you are in the hotel, you're yep. getting shuttled from the hotel to the venue at the venue, getting shuttled back to the hotel. And that's, that's your trip. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it, it'll be interesting if they can pull it off Oof. and cool that they're having a women's event in Doha for the first time. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, for real. I believe they'll probably what just wear like what college women wear. Probably that or what? So what? The, spandex, though? What? De, what Delaney did in um, Tel Aviv was she got like a religious exemption. She got a men's uh, wore a men's jersey, so she had a, a tank top and um, kind of college shorts. Oh, so she's playing on the world tour. She would do that for all of her world tour events. Yeah. And they like made an exception for, for her. Cause she was like, Hey, this is like a religious modesty thing. Can I get a, a guy's Jersey? So she had a guy's tank top um, oh, and they let it fly, which is pretty cool. So I'm assuming that they'll do something similar to that in Doha though. I don't even know if women can show arms. Like it might be, they might have to go long sleeves. Oh, I hope it's not hot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's summer over there. So, <laughs> so we'll see, but it'll be fun to have something on the schedule again. Sure. Definitely. Um, 
So there's a couple questions on here. Mr. Buffum, he wrote, who do you predict will team up after the 2021 Olympic cycle? Do you guys uh, think that there will be partner switches after the Olympics or do you think things will remain pretty steady? It's, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, on the men's side, it's kind of going to be, we know that Taylor's going to be available. Pretty sure, right? Jake kind of announced that. Yeah. Uh, so then they'll just be a trickle down from there for sure. Who knows if his brother wants to go play with him or, I mean, who's Taylor going to call first? That's kind of the question. And then, uh, can he break up a team or, or is he going to have to go down to the next level? Yeah. Nobody knows. For, but there, yeah. There'll be changes. I think for sure. Uh, can, I feel like Casey, uh, he might keep playing, but. Buttinger said he wanted to be world tour. I don't know how long Casey wants to be on the world tour. So that might be a little change up there too. Yeah. Well, I think, I feel like Chase is using this year as like a uh, um, kind of an investment, like a points investment year with Casey to keep his points up. Cause obviously Taylor's going to be available after Tokyo. Um, and so wh whoever, whatever Taylor does, there's going to be a massive trickle down. So I feel like, and Casey, even after him and Chase broke up, like when he, when we had him on the podcast, he's like, you know, old, old Casey would have said like, F you Chase, like we had this great season, but he was like, dude, I hope you have success. Like go win some events. And so like, he wasn't mad at all. And so when Chase asked him to play, he was like, yeah, of course, like I'll help you out. So I think Casey's helping Chase kind of get on the world tour. And I think it's also helping Casey stay on the USA stipend and, and gets a couple benefits. Does Casey have points from last year? I, I think him did. and him and Chase together are. I think they're our fourth ranked team. Really? Yeah. Came didn't have any points. Came's got zero, and, and so Theo probably has more than both of them. I would guess. Yeah. I don't so even remember what happened, dude? In so 2019. I'm trying to think of what our so <laughs> so. There's obviously our top three, and then there's I, what I think Casey and Chase. Okay. And then I want to say, depending on how many points Theo has, but either Kalinsky and Miles Evans or came and Theo. So four, five, There's six Travis are really interesting. List. I'm uh, one spot behind Bill. So I'm our seven. Ooh. Yeah. Delaney pointed that out. I was like, man, I just got to hang on to these old guys retire. <laughs> yeah. Get into the top, what, five and you get paid. Yeah. So hanging on. <laughs> and I'll see you Whoa. at the facility finally. Yeah. Um, nice. And then the women's side, uh, I have no idea. I don't know if April wants to go for another one. I mean, I think Alex could absolutely go for a couple more. I can um, see Alex and April staying together for sure. I think Clay's and Sponsel might be together till 2042. <laughs> <laughs> so. they have, there's a little uh, romance there. <laughs> there is. They're like, they're like sisters. Um, yeah. And then, gosh, who else? Kill it well. I don't know if Emily Stockman's going to keep playing after this one. I feel like she's getting like super into like mountain biking and camping. And I don't know. I, I think Kelly Kalinske will play as long as her legs can go. Um, so I think that, I think Sarah that'll Hughes. be, yeah. Sarah Hughes is the one where I'm like, when is she gonna get that partnership? That's going to get her back to where she thinks she belongs. Yeah. Uh, and she's with Emily day right now. Yeah, so that's, so, I mean, Emily Day's proven she can win. She can win. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's Chrissy Jones. I know that Sarah was thinking about playing with Chrissy, and she's kind of floating around. And so there's a couple of players with like yeah. fair amount and of points. The fact that the NCAA is just absolutely stacked with talent. Like, yeah. There's no, there's no guessing. Yeah, that's what actually uh, Kristen Nuss. Uh, messaged me today and, and asked if i knew anything about the fivb schedule so i think she's ready to, to do some world traveling she's Clemens, ready to start building those points up Clemens gonna drop april for savvy <laughs> i could see that coming yeah for sure, <laughs> for sure. Like so 2021 is gonna be an interesting off season yeah it's hard to guess though it is how's it going sandcast peeps just wanted to take a quick break in the show to let you know about a holiday savings opportunity presented to you by our friends over at Wilson Sporting Goods. Here's the deal. You buy two OPTX, also known as Optics Beach Volleyballs, 
you get one 35% off. Basically, if you spend $100 on volleyball, basketball, football, or soccer products, you'll receive a 35% off coupon in the new year. In Optics, volleyball right now is $64.99. So if you buy two, you get a 35% off coupon emailed to you in January. Solid deal there from our pals over at Wilson. So get on it and uh, hook your friends up with a volleyball or two. All right, back to the show. I uh, I think we had this conversation last time we talked, but for me, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of, I think I need to actually have a conversation with you guys about this. Like, what is the, I know what the next step is, but like, what are the moves to make? Like right when I finish my season, like, what do I need to do? And we don't have to talk about this right now, but this is what, when we're talking about partnerships and stuff, especially on the girl side, it's like, what do I need to do as a player coming out of college to like get in with these girls and like communicate with these older girls who need partners, or even you're yeah. like Chrissy Jones or girls coming out of college. It's just an interesting place for me to be because I'm so new and I don't know that much and I don't know that many people, but I feel like it is the time to like get in there because times are crazy and I think there's going to be a lot of new younger girls coming in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just. It's I honestly don't think that there's like a good, a real answer. And I feel like, like think if you were going into what we call the real world where you have to get a job, you'd probably be asking the same questions, right? Like, yeah. what do I do? Is Like, what's the formula here? Yeah. And when you're in school, there's always kind of a formula, right? You sign up for class, you look at the list and then sign up for what you want. Or like, they tell you where to go and where to be at what time. Yeah. And then after college, there's like none of that. So I think it's a matter of like being patient, giving yourself time. But like you said, like establishing the relationships is is probably the biggest thing. Like if you can just go down and have like one practice with a top team, even if you're not that involved, they see your face. They saw like, oh, wow, she got some good shots. She was actually serious. She brought something to practice. It's about like getting those calls, you know, like working your way up to like what level practices you can be at um i mean kind of networking in some ways just getting to know yeah. people uh, like i i will call someone that's much lower level for okay for example tim brewster is like our go-to guy mm-hmm. in terms of like reps and stuff even though i would probably call travis is because he's jose's jose's training him and he's always down there that practice before and he's yeah. just like standing there like, okay, Tim, jump in. Yeah. So this kid who's your age is getting all these reps with us. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like anyone could do it. We could call a, a bunch of people, but he's there. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know how that's that helpful, but <laughs> just like showing up and being there is yeah. tends to, to work. And then once people see that, like I called Hayden, right? When I first came out, I oh no sorry I called Sean Scott he was retiring because I thought I could come down and like do anything with him can I just get reps or like come watch your practice or whatever he's like call my partner I'm retiring and Hayden was like yeah I need someone to help me get reps because Hayden knows exactly what reps he wants it doesn't matter who's on the court so I was that guy and then I was like trying to sh- show him what I could do you know and I used that as a as a tryout and then like he just kept calling me and then eventually he's like yeah you want to play i was like what like that's an i didn't know that that's what we were doing here (laughs) but hell yeah (laughs) so that was like my fast track but it just started with me making that call to sean scott yeah i would say try you you've brought this up a bunch that your best ability is is your availability right so especially with with yeah. Yusef, you know who's done a, a really good job of uh, kind of infiltrating the ranks of top players and getting all these practices is um, your buddy Ia. Yeah, yeah. Ia's done a great job. She's just like, call me to practice. Uh, seven a.m. I'm there. Nine a.m. I'm there. Noon. I'm there. Right. Got seven, nine, and noon. Sure, it's fine. Yeah. So it's just like, if you make yourself available, like people will always need another team or just like someone can't show up because they picked up a shift at work and someone needs a random partner on like a couple hours notice. Like Andy Benish texted me like five minutes ago and said, Hey, can you go tomorrow at nine? I'm like, sure. <laughs> Why not? 
<laughs> so if the more available you are and if you make that known and you're so good to the like your talent's not in question it's not like you're going to be a drill killer like you'll go out there and you'll be fine you'll compete so if you're available like and people know that you're out and you're like in the south bay or willing to make a drive to huntington you'll get invites in in no time for sure yeah it's, it's good to know it's something to think about for sure for sure um and you guys mentioned sarah hughes and i'm just looking at all this and someone asked what's going on with summer ross do you guys know what's going on with summer ross i have no idea I i'm not sure know. i don't know if i haven't heard much um last i heard she was rollerblading on the manhattan strand i kept running into her <laughs> and and i always said hey we had like great conversations but i haven't seen her or heard from her um in a while so i don't know i would guess she's just kind of taking time to like figure stuff out you know she she got on the pro circuit at such a young age i feel like she never had the chance to like kind of just like sit back and like figure out what she actually wants to do it was like summer you're playing and you're trying to go for the olympics yeah she's like okay and then uh i don't know you know she had injuries and tough time uh with sarah and then i think she just took a break that's my guess yeah it would be awesome to see her come back or just do well at whatever because she she's like a great person a <laughs> huge oh, yeah. fan of summer so wherever she is i hope she's doing well for sure um, so we have another question. It says, who's the best to watch for blocking, especially as an undersized guy? That could be men or women, I guess. Hmm. My go-to, uh, is, well, the first was try my first two guys that I watched, like everything I could was try Trevor and Tim Bomgren. Um, two very, like three very different types yeah. of blockers. Um, and then now I've been watching, a ton of Giannis Medins, um, the Latvian, because he's we're like pretty much the same build. He's we're both like six four lefty, and I watch him and he gets so many blocks, and it just doesn't make a ton of sense because he'll roof like Alison, and Alison's like one of the most gigantic humans I've ever seen in person, <laughs> and just like I don't know, he just his timing is so good. His try like your feet shuffling, like getting your feet to the ball is so good and and then you get trevor's hands are so good it, you can pick up little pieces from from all these different blockers but i think smedden's try trevor when tim bomgren was blocking and madison mckibben's a good one too yeah madison flies he gets up so high he's hardly a small blocker yeah um yeah i don't know it's tough to say i feel like we all have figured out what works for us like like travis said me and trevor are like we're almost like opposites, but we're the exact same size. Our heights are literally the exact same. And, but he like, doesn't have this low load like I have. And he likes reading, he has his head up and he's reading and like, he's like blocking like with his paws, <laughs> swatting shots and like, it's narrow, you know? Uh, and I'm very different. I'm more like hands are separated and I'm loading really low over here and diving over there. Um, I, I think you got to figure out what, first of all, you're like physical, attributes are like can you get load like me like you just need flexible hips like Giannis loads really low Anders Mole me Piotr um, Cantor is way down there or Brill I mean there's a lot a lot of people but then there's a lot of people who just like load like six inches <laughs> like maybe not that dramatic but like Theo Berner he gets up huge and he loads like like that yeah and just can explode out of that um and then, yeah, like footwork wise, hands wise, are you more of like a shot blocker mindset? Then you might want to watch someone like that. Or are you more of hit first blocker? Um, I don't know. Yeah, obviously, you can't, you can watch the like first guy that came to mind for me was like Anders, even though you can't really compare because he gets up so high, he's so big, but he's making really good technical moves. Yeah. It's just the Nets basically lower for him so just think about it like that and you're gonna get like this and he's gonna get like <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like he's making good moves and setting his feet up in good spots which is why he's like we've seen big blocks on the world tour but big blocks that are making moves like that is like that's really hard to get around yeah, yeah. 
Oh, and a, a great one actually is uh, old videos of Pedro Solberg. Um, Cause he was the, he's only six, four, six, five. And he was yeah. the 2008 blocker of the year and for the world tour. And that was like the height of Phil's powers. That was when he and Todd won gold. So if, if Pedro was getting best blocker over Phil Dahlhauser and he's six, four, six, five, that's, he's a good guy to watch too. Pedro is great. Um, Kristen or no Kirsten West says talk about the best ways to train your mental game especially when you're not performing well that was a good one oh well you just got to train it so like like pretend like it's passing right like you got to go out there and get reps of like feeling it and feeling what it's like um so going into a practice and being like, okay, I'm not going to focus on my technique here. I'm going to focus on where my head's at. Like that's the actual mental reps. And then like every time I swear or some, say something negative after a pass or a hit or an error I make, uh, I'm going to pay attention and acknowledge like how I react, to, you know, um, or, or, I'm going to acknowledge that I did that and said that negative thing and then fix it by saying something positive or like, you know, so then it's just, you're just getting these reps. Um, I mean, there's a million exercises you could do. Um, meditating is just, there's a million ways to meditate, but meditating before practice will at least get you into that state to where you're like, okay, now I feel like where I want to be. And it'll be easy for me to come back to this place throughout the match. Um, but if you haven't meditated in like a week and then you're in a match and it's all hectic, you're like, oh, what is it supposed to be like? Like, how's that? What's that feeling? Or how, what am I supposed to think of? And you just get in your own head. So really it's just a matter of reps. Like when I was doing it a ton, I was doing it. What was I doing? Like you're doing 45 minutes a day when I first met you. Yeah. Like an, like an hour a day for some of them for like three weeks I did. And it was so easy for me throughout the day to snap back into it. Right when I like recognized it, I was like, boom, I'm back into like this meditative state because I had practiced it so much. So it's just a matter of getting reps and you can be creative with it too. It can be like walking to practice, warming up, you're in the drills, you know, listening to coach. That's one of the biggest things is, is listening. Like, am I, like zoning out and doing something else or am I actually listening to what he's saying? So I don't have to make him repeat it. Mm -hmm. That's a meditative practice as well. Yeah. I heard, gosh, I forget who I was listening to on the, on a podcast. I think it was, it was a Ferris podcast. Um, and he said that imagine the, it, the, your self-talk in your head was being put on the loudspeaker of the stadium. And he said, you would stop saying all these terrible yeah. things you're saying to yourself. And I, I thought that was such a good way to simplify self-talk. Just like, you're not going to be just cursing yourself out in your head and telling yourself how stupid and dumb you are for hitting a cut shot. Like if everyone can hear it. So I, I like that image. And since I've heard that, like it, I catch myself all the time from just like yelling at myself and braiding myself in my head. And you just flip it around till it's positive self-talk and um, which sounds a little hokey for some people, but it works. Like the brain is so powerful. Um, but try, you do something that I don't even know if you're aware that you do it, that I actually love watching is that when you get blocked, like for the first time of the match, like a lot of guys will get upset, but you'll like kind of like walk back and you'll be like, all right, all right, that's fine. I you're just like it's like all right like game on like challenge accepted and it's like you it's pretty much like inevitable that your game is gonna be upped after that because you you took it as a challenge like Taylor does the same thing where he'll he I've seen Taylor stare down Phil after Phil blocks him straight down I'm like that's one way to do it but I don't know I, I think it's a, it's a great way to to respond to adversity you're like all right game on yeah I mean you probably look at a lot of the you know, elite athletes and like, like LeBron, he has like this confidence that's so big that he could, he could literally have the worst game in the history of the NBA and the press conference after he'd be like, yeah, it was, it was terrible. Like, what do you think going forward? He's like, I'll be back. 
that it doesn't matter. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like in his head, it's like he's always gotten back to that place. Why? Why not now? It's not like I think when you're younger, it's like you're you feel like you're you're gonna be there forever. Like, oh my god, I just I just did something dumb. Now I'm a dumb player, and I'm never gonna be good like I thought I was before. Yeah. And then as you get older, you're like, no, it's you're always gonna bounce back. You're always gonna be right back to where you were uh unless you let it like snowball in your head um i know the look you're talking about though travis that's usually when i'm when i make a mistake and in my head i'm like that was my bad it wasn't your good yeah (laughs) you didn't block me i just hit a dumb shot you're like (laughs) (laughs) Like, you didn't block me yeah it's great though I, um, this weekend, I just watched the, um, Tiger Woods two-part documentary. I don't know if you guys have seen it and I'm sure people have their opinions on it, but I really liked it. And it was all about how mentally tough he was. And I just, I'm not like a huge golf fan. I've never like sat and watched golf. Um, but watching it, I was like, so fired up. I just thought it was so cool. So it's just a little recommendation. It's on HBO Max for anyone listening. I really liked it. And it just showed like after even after all he went through, he still could come back and be so mentally tough at his age competing against totally different people. I thought it was rad. How great was that US Open story? Um, yeah. When he tours ACL. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I only saw the first episode so okay no leave you out a cliffhanger yeah it's weird to me i was talking to mikhail about it my trainer and he said i don't want to watch it because tiger didn't sign off on it because he he doesn't like anyone that betrayed tiger which is pretty much everyone important in his life um but i mean you could look at it either way i honestly feel like if i'm tiger i'm better off now now it's all out there you got nothing to hide. There's nothing boiling beneath the surface. Yeah. Just... He hated it. He he came he out and was it. like, yeah, his his agent made comments for him. It was like, this is, it was absurd. It was terrible. Dude, that um, was like all the people that were like close to him in his life. Like, that's what for the my biggest half. takeaway. I was like, this is like just one of the most depressing things of humanity. Like yeah, all these exactly. people, like the media, like going down to Elon, like, how do you feel about Tiger's 14 mistresses? It's like, why, you, why would you ask that? Yeah. <laughs> like it was i got so mad for like poor tiger and for everyone around i'm like jeez this is yeah, terrible like why they want to be in the documentary though? it was great for us but like really yeah. we don't deserve to know this stuff yeah as a member of the media i was embarrassed for the media i was yeah, like right. this is disgusting yeah. <laughs> like what people were doing as as an audience member it was very entertaining i bet so, <laughs> i don't know yeah but that's why that's why i liked it is because even after all of those questions the media was asking him and how ridiculous it was, he still could come back and just like focus on golf and like focus on winning. And I'm sure there's so much bias and so many things like based on what the agent said, I'm sure there were some things that weren't truthful or whatever it was, but that, that was my biggest takeaways after all of that, that went on, he could still like compartmentalize it and come back and get on the course and win complete mental assassin like navy seal next level yeah you reminded me a little of uh, kelly slater and um gosh what's that momentum generation when kelly slater was going through like all of his personal times and everyone's like anybody else would crumble but kelly slater just entered this kill mode (laughs) just won everything Yeah. yeah have you guys read that um david goggins book I forget what it's called, but have you, it, you know yeah. who that is? You know who that is. He, I mean, I haven't I, read the book, I a, but I, I have it and I would love to start it because it seems like it's highly recommend. You read it. You can't hurt. You can't hurt me or something. Yes. Like that. Yes. That's yeah. what it is. That's what it is. So good. I uh, just started it. It's uh, it's but, good. I don't know how you put it down. I was reading it. I started reading it in uh, at a Norseca in Mexico. And I was like, Kyle's like, Hey, we got to warm up. I was like one more page. <laughs> <laughs> My problem is I re- I listened to like multiple podcasts with him. So I heard his story and then I started reading it and it was his story again. I'm like, all right, this is the third time. Been here. <laughs> where's the, where's the, where's the That's- cheat codes? I just look for cheat codes when I read. Yeah. Something. That's smart. Yeah. 
That's funny. Um, I want to go back to this trial we were talking about earlier. I think I would love to know what you have to say to this. This uh, Rob Valias, what are your top three biggest takeaways from working with Jose? And as oh. him being my new coach, I would love to know. Oh, man. Um, well, one of my favorite things about Jose is his, um, his like humbleness, his ego. It doesn't even play a factor at all for someone who's in the hall of fame and like as great as he was, it's like, doesn't even exist for him. And what that does is it, first of all, it makes us trust him, everything he says, cause we know it's not coming from an egotistical place, but he's like an ultimate learner as well. Like he is friends with ultra successful people, ultra educated, ultra this and that lives in Manhattan beach, but he studies every night and is just like working hard to get his bachelor degree. Cause it's like what he wants. And he, if he doesn't understand something, he'll ask. Um, he's just an ultimate learner. And, and for our team, it's been so amazing because he's just like, keeps evolving. He's going to like working with USOC people, working with anyone and everyone fully taking advantage of any resource that's in front of him. And it's never like, I got this, like I'm Jose Loella, like, I've been here, done that. Like, listen to me. It's always like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What more can we learn? Um, and that's huge for me. Um, I haven't had, I've had great coaches throughout my career, but there's all, there's usually like a little bit of me that like can't fully trust at times, you know, where I'm like, uh, I'm going to go with my own instincts on this one or, or something like that. But for him, it's like, there's no ego involved and he's he'll like teach me things that i told him he's like remember what you told me at this time i was like damn you were listening <laughs> like to know that a coach listens to you that intently and will like bring it back halfway through the season and like feed it right back to you at the right moment is huge um so i think that's probably the biggest is just like his he's a learner uh as tyler hildebrand calls it um other than that i mean hitting he's he's been working with me a lot on hitting because he went through a, a phase in his career where um he was just the guy that could jump really high and hit really hard and he would just hit angle over or past people all day and then people started getting on him like he, he heard the rumblings jose can only hit angle so he worked on his high line and then jose can only hit angle and high line he worked on another shot um and he like, you know, built this beautiful game, like this full complete game, even though he didn't really have to. Um, but he helps me with that is, is like hitting high lines, but at the right height, with the right trajectory, hitting the target, um, hitting the cut shot at the right pace and getting it down to the sand quickly. Um, so attacking Jose is really great with um, feet to ball. Um, that kind of stuff. He really knows that at, at a really high level and understands angles and stuff. Um, blocking is interesting because like I, I have a, a lot of my own tactics and stuff that I've built up my, my book of blocking with um, John. Mm -hmm. And it's very different from Jose's. What Jose, luckily he's open-minded, so it's easier for me to trust him because he listens to me. Mm -hmm. um, but he has great blocking advice too. It's more Brazilian style where you get both hands on the ball yeah. and um, penetrating and lining up on the ball the right way is really big for him. So like getting which shoulder, which hand are you going to line up on the ball based on what your call is and what you're tr you want the defense to, to uh, figure out. But I mean, there's infinite things. Those are just kind of general. Have you watched a lot of Jose film? Try. I wouldn't say a lot, but a decent amount. Dude, he, is, he is fun to watch. Holy yeah. cow. He could fly. And he's skilled. Like he's one of those skilled yeah. guys where you're like, okay, he's the big jumper, big guy for back in that day. But, you know, you put him on defense and what's going to happen. And he's like an elite defender for sure. Just yeah. like a lot of those guys were back in the day. 
yeah you like any which way and his confidence was just like through the roof um yeah that's what i was talking to um dodd the other day and he said that there are two players he's seen that when they walked onto the beach he immediately knew that they were going to change the game he said one was mike whitmarsh who was like the first true big blocker because Stoklos and Hovland were like six four, but Whitmarsh came out and he was six seven, like the first big dude on wow. big court. And he said the second was Jose Loyola. He's like the second I saw that dude come onto the court, he's like, this game was going to be different. <laughs> Interesting. You guys got a good coach on your team. We're lucky. We've had we've had a lot of good volunteer assistance. We've gotten really lucky. We had um, Let's see, we had Jeff Alzina was so rad. We had Irene, we had, who was it last year? Jeremy. Jeremy. We only had him for a short period of time. Um, And he was also, you know, trying to compete and stuff and as as was Irene. And so um, it's interesting. It's interesting, you get a different perspective from people who are currently playing versus people who have already played. So like Jeff and Jose were a little bit different than Irene and Jeremy were because they were like current players and then we had some ex players. Sure. So um, it's cool to get feedback. And then obviously Stein and Jenny are legends too. So, it, you know, you get a whole different, you know, all this different feedback all the time. So yeah, we're, we're very lucky over here. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I was curious to hear about Jose just cause he's so new with our team, but he just seemed like everyone like loves him. And his energy is probably like the most, yeah the biggest thing too yeah. like he's like talking and yelling the whole time like there's no doubt that he wants to be there yeah you know what i mean yeah Chavi's gonna do next month's podcast in portuguese it's like all right we're, <laughs> we're taking this jose thing real serious the biggest thing with me he gets yeah. on me so much because i'll 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 make difficult plays but then the easy one where it's like tight to the net and i'll like overpass it and they'll just like bounce it i'm like yeah. <laughs> he just hates when I do that. I mean, I hate when I do that. He made up a rule yeah. the other day that we have to pay $10 every time I do that. <laughs> the barbecue fund for the whole team. And I was passing everything off the net today. All the <laughs> them. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's Capricho. hilarious. Capricho. I know. Actually, uh, I think Fiapo taught me that one, but Jose says it at practice all the time. And now Stein says it too. Everyone, everyone's got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have we have several more questions. Let's just see. Right, we uh, could be a little quicker, probably. Let's say let's which pick. Ones? We're close to an hour, so maybe two more. Two more. Okay. Or we can do a speed um, round. Or or a lightning round. Your choice, Sav. You're the moderator here. So. I mean, we have some good, like, I'll ask I'll ask like two or three more. I have some good mm-hmm. ones lined up here. Okay. Um. Joe Meserve, he asked, what rule change would you like to see in the game? What rule would you like removed? That one folded on here. Easy for me. Take out the freeze. However, add in uh, no trickle serves. So at, at no point can you get a trickle ace, but the, there's no freeze, which is funny because the FIVB is freaking adding a freeze next year. Oh, really? The AVP freeze? I think so, yeah. At the end of every set. Not just match. Oh, dude. Which is terrible. I need to be playing more matches on when we're like jet lagged and stuff. No, it, uh, so, which I, I think is true. Not, but I think, yeah, the FIVB is, is tinkering with adding a freeze. They always, they always tinker with adding a rule every new quad. Like last time, the four touch rule off the block lasted just one tournament and the players are like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> get it out. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm. I don't. I don't see any that need to be added or, or left out necessarily that come to mind. It, with with your trickle one, what about if it can hit the tape and you have the option to play it? If you let it drop, it's a redo. But if so, it hits it and you pass it. I was taught. It's it, funny. It, play it. I actually I had this conversation with Delaney because I that's exactly what I mentioned. I was like, well, I love it when a guy's like Evandro is like ripping a jump serve and you just get a little like easy one. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, of course I'm Pops gonna take that. Up off yeah, the tape. yeah. But I think that leaves open a lot of subjectivity where say a guy goes to play it or just like maybe half-hearted goes to play it and he kind of shanks it. He's like, Well, I didn't try to play it, I was just getting out of the way. Or something oh, like that. It. 
If you touch it, okay. If you touch it, you touch it. You so it. I'd be on board for that. So if if you touch a trickle serve, it's gay. Play on. But if but if you don't, it's it's nothing. But that's tough for the ref too. The ref has to be on it because if it's just nicks it and the player's like touched and and he's like, I actually wasn't paying attention on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it might have. Yeah. So I, I think I think probably the easier rule to to put in play would be no trickles at all. And John Mayer would be furious. <laughs> he loves teaching the trickle ace. <laughs> so would it be like a let? Or would you get a redo, or is it? I'd, yeah, play? I'd go tennis. You get a let, and then okay. your next serve is is live. And if you if you trickle again, it's the other team. Yeah. All right. Um, what's the single most rewarding element of being a pro beach volleyball player? Uh, I'd say it's different. There's so many different personalities out here. Like for me, I thought it was like going to be a bunch of beach people, like, like myself, like kind of surf oriented people. And that's really not the case at all. So like for me, it'd be being at the beach, like my favorite place in the world, whether I'm at work or not, I'm down there anyway. So being down there close to the ocean outside, um, uh, for me, it's like the biomechanics, the competitiveness, the team teamwork aspect. Um, it's all those small things that, that make it awesome for me. Um, but I, I do think it's different for a lot of people. Yeah, I think it's the, the people for sure. The, the, I think the beach volleyball community is my favorite of any sport that I've been in, probably because it's such a niche community. And like we're all just like bums who are just trying to figure out a way to keep going to the beach every day. I don't know. I think, and everyone who, every one of my friends or family who has come and met the, like my close friends who are beach players, like my dad was just raving try about like all the beach players that he met at the wedding. And my older brother came to oh, yeah, Yosemite. <laughs> and uh like my older brother came to yosemite and so we crammed like kelly clay sarah sponsel andy benish katie delaney it was his first time meeting half of them he's like isn't kelly and sarah like the number seven ranked team in the world i was like yeah they're the coolest people he's like they're just human beings so i don't know it's it's definitely the people for me and just like being around world-class performers on a daily basis and just seeing their habits and like everyone's just so cool that's that's not like everyone though like there are people for sure they're like they're not really into that whole like the grind and all that like they're in it to like win money or yeah you know whatever it is like like the same that a basketball player would be into it like they might if they retire they might never go to the beach again kind of thing yeah they're in it because they want to be professional athletes probably less so people like that but i can definitely think of a few people that are yeah for a completely different reason there are definitely several like that and i think that i'm very conscious of who i spend my time with because i know like the impact that other people have on me just like by spending time with them so i'm like all right well you know i don't have a problem with you but i'm not but i have limited time during the day so i'll spend my time with try and trevor party lifestyle (laughs) party aspect yeah like when we're not in covid and you're a young player on tour and you're not expected to do that good and you're out early and there's a party after every single one of these and you get to know <laughs> yeah. all these great friends uh that becomes a bit addicting for people and then i think eventually a few years in they figure out like am i even in this for the volleyball or am i just having a lot of fun so, yeah um and then they have to make a life decision there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'll do uh, probably one more. Who do you see winning their first ever ADP event next season or this upcoming season? Who hasn't won? Chasing Chase won one, right? Bugging yeah, Chasing Casey won uh, Hermosa. Yeah. Came Came hasn't won one. Came won Seattle with Jeremy. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I think Andy Benish. Yeah, it'd be Andy, right? He's he's probably next. To or uh, Troy and Eric. So I'll, I'll kind of give a list of kind of best players not to have won an AVP. You got Miles Evans, 
is probably high on that list. Andy Benish, Troy and Eric. Yeah. Bill, Bill Kalinsky, Avery. Avery's my pick. Avery's playing such good volleyball right now. Yeah. Um, so I think naming those names, like there's a decent chunk of people that are at the top that have won. So if I had to bet, is a new person going to win this year? I'd, I'd probably put my money on no. That's a good bet. But if someone was going to win it, I think that list is who you'd be looking at. Yeah. Depending so on my, who Avery's partnering with. Because, yeah, he's very talented. Yeah. And he's so funny because he's he's very good at, at all sides and very good at both positions. So he's just always seesawing. So he's, he's practicing with Rosie right now. Um, so that might be a new team for next year. But then Avery would be going back to left side blocking, which is exactly what he was trying to switch away from. Yeah. <laughs> so... What we'll about the see. girls though? Who hasn't won on the girls' side? Um Kalinsky and Stockman, have they won? They won Seattle. Oh damn it. I keep forgetting. Um all right, I'm gonna make a biased bet. I'll bet on Delaney. Woo! So Delaney, yeah. So Delaney, like this year, she she's not coaching at Pep. Um, so she she her winning the king of the beach in florida i think opened her eyes her eyes were already open to like how good she could be but she was like okay well i could actually do pretty good at this so she's like focusing full-time training she's figuring out like what to do to get sponsors and how to actually kind of do this full-time so she's working with evie a couple days a week she is working with a strength coach at pepperdine for lifting so she's doing all the bright things to do it full-time um so that's that's my pick. And so she's the breadwinner. I'm just the trophy husband. Love it. That's every man's dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, Delaney's been doing so well with just like, from my perspective, it was like, yeah, I'll play. You yeah. Know? Like, um, I, I already coach. So yeah, I'll jump in. And like my brain's working in the right ways for volleyball. And the fact that she's committing fully. Yeah. I'll, I'm excited to see that. Do we and, have, is there a set partner or it's just um she's kind of going in between a couple um but she had this funny moment of realization the other day where because she's been working with um evie and tracy a lot and then she gets out with other coaches too on kind of different days of the week and then so she just had a a normal day with just like four girls and she's like wow i can't believe like this is what i did last year it's like so hard to get better because when you just go out with four people you got to figure out like, all right, well, this girl wants to get better at this. Right. This girl wants to do that drill. But when you have a coach just getting you like focused reps for an hour, like she was out with Evie today for an hour 15, just blocking. Yeah. And she was like, I can't believe that I was getting better doing what I did last year. Evie's a good blocking coach too. Cause he's the, worked with the best. Hayden so much and Hayden's really good at like knowing what he wants the blocker to do in front of him. Um, so Evie, yeah, Evie's a good guy to be out there with for sure. But to, to your point, I, I pretty much quit having player practices like seven years ago, Travis. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the last time I just showed up with the guys at the beach. I it's, just like once I've tasted like the efficiency and value of having a good coach there and like intention behind everything you do, I'm like, that's all I'm doing. It's it's I'm hard to go back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not that there's not value to it, especially in the beginning. Like it's kind of your only option. Yeah, right? but I, I feel up. like to take that next step, kind of jump from one tier to the next it's almost you have to work with a coach there's no question about it yeah so but i think uh probably good on time about an hour mark um so saf uh well i guess before we go um what's your next couple of weeks looking like i know we were talking earlier um about your schedule i don't know like what you can kind of let known to the public what your UCLA schedule looks like, but when can we expect to see you playing again? Yeah. So, um, we're, our tentative start date is February 25th. We have a couple, um, dates on the schedule that are in red. I think they mean it's either not sure, or we're not sure if the team's going to be able to compete. So, um, again, it's kind of like the FIVB thing where it's, it's up in the air based off COVID and traveling and everything. So as of now, it looks like we're going to have a legit, a legit season starting in about a month.
month. So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to start locking down teams, which I think we're pretty close to doing. And then just try and keep our bodies holding up and keep grinding. Cause we're just dying to play games as I'm sure you guys are too. It's we, we haven't played matches in forever. We haven't, I haven't seen a referee in a year. So it's just, it's just, <laughs> It's weird. It feels weird to just keep training and it's like, okay, what are we doing this for? Oh yeah. We actually have games coming up. So we have about three to four more weeks of practice. And then we dive right into season as, as you guys know, um, it's pretty short. So we're like end of February to beginning of May. So it's only a couple of months. So I'm super fired up. I think we have a lot of potential and we should lock it down for these next couple of weeks. I'm super fired up. Super fired I'm fired up, up for you. Excited for you. Be fun you. to see you guys play again. Oh yeah. Hopefully it's all live streamed and stuff. I don't think we can have spectators, but I'm hoping that they uh not televised, but at least yeah. live stream it so people can watch. I'm sure they'll figure something out. Yeah. People always do. People get creative. Exactly. Technology <laughs> nowadays is pretty good. Yeah. Volleyball is officially almost back. Almost. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough. You can finally go play. Yeah. <laughs> all right guys well sav great to see you as always try good to have you back as always and um guys yeah catch you catch you next month sav see you guys (laughs) shoots